Today's episode of Board Games Daily is powered by Brotherwise Games. Check out Call to Adventure, which is available for pre-order right now by heading to brotherwisegames.com slash store. That's brotherwisegames.com slash store, where you can claim your copy of Call to Adventure. Craft your hero, claim your destiny. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Board Games Daily, your daily dose of tabletop gaming discussion on Anchor. Now welcome your hosts, Jeremiah Isley, Scott Firestone, and AJ Skifstad. Hey everyone, uh, Firestone here. I know the intro said that it was me and Jeremiah and AJ, but today I'm holding down the fort by myself, so it's just going to be me. We're talking about some big news about a 35-year-old game getting reprinted. We're going to bring you my thoughts on the cage fight, and I'm going to give you my first impression of Tower of Madness from Smirk and Dagger Games. So buckle up, listen in, and we totally appreciate you listeners. Thanks, guys. Bye. Hey, everyone. It's Firestone here with Board Games Daily, powered by TheologyofGames.com. Thanks for joining us this Friday, coming to you with some board game news that's pretty interesting. Dune is being reprinted. Now, if you are a relative newcomer to this hobby, you're probably, you might not have even known there was a Dune board game out there. But way back, I want to say it was in the 80s, there was a Dune board game that came out. And it was asymmetrical, and it had a lot of the problems of games of that time, which is that it had these ambitious ideas, but it maybe wasn't balanced, and it was kind of clunky. And then there were various reprints of the game by various companies, and so different rule sets were introduced. And I played it one time. I have actually have a copy of like the this beautiful French edition of it, and it's crazy. We didn't know what rules to play with, and we weren't sure. It's there's tons of alliances in the game. If you've ever read the book, it's like it's one of the best science fiction books ever, all time, maybe the best. And so there are different factions, and they can team up. And this faction only wins if they're allied with so and so, or and the Bene Gesserit actually like predict who's going to win. And so then they spend the game trying to make that happen, but not make it obvious that they're making that happen. There's all kinds of craziness with it. Super fun, but really difficult to play. And our game was going along. And then all of a sudden this, I don't even remember how it ended. All I remember is thinking that was crazy and probably not what was supposed to happen. Or maybe it was because it was a a product of its day. But it was fun. It was exciting. I haven't played since then. It's sitting up on my shelf. I should probably just sell the game. But um, so Fantasy Flight, uh, probably eight years ago or something, put out a game called Rex that was kind of using the same idea, different houses. It was in their Twilight Imperium universe. So there were various races from Twilight Imperium that they put into the same thing. And it tried to do it, but um, I never played it. But my understanding is that it didn't quite capture it. So I don't, I'm assuming this is tied to the fact that um, there's a new Dune film in production right now. 
So maybe piggybacking on that and hoping to garner some enthusiasm from new fans and old fans. But at any rate, Gale Force 9 has just announced at Gamma that they are going to reprint it. They showed a picture of a mock-up of a cover and the planet, which is just beautiful. It's, it's a circular board with all these different regions on it. And I think there are six various six factions in it. Anyway, it looks gorgeous. I'm really excited to see how this plays out. See if they kind of modernize the rules. Because like I said, what, what we played and what has been cobbled together over the years is really clunky and confusing and a product of its time. And I think we can apply some of what we've learned and some of the way games have evolved to make it still a cool asymmetrical uh, game of alliances and broken alliances and skullduggery and all this stuff, but in a modern way with modern rule types. So super excited about that. Check it out. Gale Force 9 is printing it. It's a reprint of Dune. Big news. Talk to you later. Have a great weekend. Bye. This one is fresh off the game table. It's time for more Board Game Buzz as Board Games Daily gives you a first impression of the latest games to hit our tables. Hey, it's Firestone here coming to you with a first impression of Smirk and Dagger's game Tower of Madness. This is by designer Kurt Covert. And it is a Cthulhu-themed game, and I... Honestly, I thought, oh, good, we need another Cthulhu-themed game, like I need a tentacle in the head. But, um, so, my expectations were low only because I think the, the market is glutted with these kind of th games. But it's really cool looking, so I was going to give it that. You basically build this 3D clock tower that's like a foot tall, and you put a bunch of tentacles in it they're they're tentacles that have sticks and you run them through crossways all across this clock tower it's kind of like um kerplunk remember that game where you'd put the the wooden sticks through and then you're trying to pull out a stick and not make things fall through it's like that but heavily themed and with other things going on so definitely more going on but um so basically there are marbles in the game different colored marbles and some of them are madness marbles and they'll they can cause you to go mad and lose the game. There are spell marbles, and if you one of those falls out, then you get a spell card that can activate during certain times of the game. And those spell cards are different based on whether you are sane or insane at the time. So that's pretty cool. And then there are discovery ones, and those are just straight up victory points. So it's not like Kerplunk in the sense that if something falls out, it's bad for you. It's Sometimes it's good for you, and sometimes you're like, oh, I'm going to fail this? Oh, I'm okay with that because I might get something good. So basically every turn there is a location that comes up. And other than the first turn, every one of them has some kind of special power that affects everybody who is going to play that turn. And then starting with the first player, you roll dice and you're trying to get a specific combination of the dice. You have to get a brain, a heart, excuse me, a brain, a heart, and a mind, or no, a gate. And then beyond that, there are you're trying to just get the highest number. So first you have to kind of hit those hit those three and then co combine that with whatever final number you end up with the other two dice. And so you might uh, you, you'll record your your total on there. So let's say I did that and I got 10. The next person, let's say they did it and they get 10 
they just have to tie or beat you. So let's say they get 10 as well. Now they are the one who is, who's winning that location. And then maybe the third person doesn't even get those three. After trying to roll, they, they can't get the heart. And so they just fail. So that person will then have to pull one of the sticks out of the clock tower. And if anything falls out, then it might trigger those things that I said. You might It'll move you closer to madness or you get a spell or something like that. And then the person who actually ended up winning that location, they get that card and there are victory points on each one of them. So that's what happens until there are three more marbles in there. There are doom marbles. There are three of them. And... If the third one comes out before you guys have run through all of the locations, then all the investigators lose. If you can manage to get through all the locations before that third one comes out, then whoever has the highest victory points wins. Now, I said there was an a, a insane aspect to this. If you get four madness uh, marbles, you go insane. And then what happens is you're no longer considered an investigator. All you care about is discovery points. Um, you continue the game trying to raise Cthulhu, basically. <laughs> um, so you use the insane side of spells, and then um, you never, you don't even do any of the location stuff. All you do is um, draw a tentacle from the tower. And so you're probably going to be pulling low tentacles to try and get more and more of those marbles out. And basically, if you are insane and you're the one who pulls out the third doom token, you win. Like you've brought about doom and, and you're insane and your elder god is going to reward you. Something like that. If you're insane and someone else triggers it, then you still lose like everyone else, but you die last because you're one of the loyal acolytes, I guess. Anyway, it's pretty fun. So I played this with my boys a couple of times and it was like, we just laughed the whole time. It was fun. It was tense. Like one of my kids was like, oh, I'm not going to pull from the bottom. That's going to make more things come out. So he starts pulling from the top. And the way he triggered the end game was he pulled the very top tentacle that was left most of them were at the bottom he pulled one last tentacle one lone marble manages to fall out and it was the third doom one it was we cracked up so i don't know this i know this is under smirk and dagger because it's kind of the um a darker theme but the truth is that we laughed a ton and this easily could have been under smirk and laughter because we were cracking up having a good time i set this aside somewhat dismissed it because of the theme but the truth is it's a fun theme in this case it's we had a blast with it so tower of madness went from a, i'm not sure i guess i'll try it to hey actually that was pretty fun and i could see bringing that out with you know friends and family and all kinds of people it's there's a little it is kind of dark and there's some dark um visuals to it so it's like hey grandma you're going insane and you know things like that i don't know but whatever it was fun. We had a good time with it. So check out Tower of Madness from Smirk and Dagger Games. Lots of fun. Bye. Hey everyone, it's Firestone bringing you my thoughts on this week's Game Night Cage Fight, which was between Jamaica and the Quest for El Dorado. Now, I've never played Jamaica, so this is an easy choice for me. It's Quest for El Dorado. But I truly do think that is a terrific game. It is a deck building game and a race game. And I normally don't even like race games, but I like this game because there's so much trade-off in, in what you do. Someone will be just be blasting ahead and then get totally stalled. And so they can risk it and then hope that they can kind of cobble their way past some of those points. But what often happens is the person who is in the lead 
just stalls out because their deck ultimately sucks. Now, other people might be hanging back and going off to the side even and getting rid of some cards, but that means they're making their deck lean and mean, and now, boom, they just take over. And so walking that balance of getting ahead, culling your deck, deciding when to do that, how often to do that, where to do that, it's that game is so good. And the fact that you always play with the same amount of cards, I thought this is going to be really boring. It's going to be always the same. It's always going to feel the same, but it doesn't because different people will buy different cards, which will then populate the store. You can only buy a certain number of, of this larger subset or this larger, you only buy a certain subset of the larger set. And that's determined by someone will buy a card if there's an empty spot, and then that whole deck kind of moves down into the store, and now that's all you can buy. So everyone's kind of playing with the same cards, and it's going to look different most games based on the way the board is set up, based on where someone is when they need to buy one of those cards. It's like, oh, I'm right in front of a bunch of water. I guess I'll buy this water guy. Well, now that guy's in the store, and it changes the dynamic of the game. Reiner Knizia is brilliant, and I just love how he... He often takes games or mechanisms and not fixes them because they're broken, but just as like, oh, I'm just going to make this better. And I'm not saying that this is the best deck building game, but he, he really kind of just made this amazing and stripped it down, made it better. And it's a fantastic deck building game. All the things he added to it are so brilliant. And the way the board changes every time, all the different ways you can play the game. Quest for El Dorado is sweet. Check it out. It's my pick in a one-sided fight because I've never played Jamaica. But still, it's great. I love it. You should, And it's pretty cheap, too. Check it out. Quest for El Dorado. Bye. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for listening to, uh, well, to just me. Uh, Jeremiah is at a youth retreat, and I'm not sure. AJ's probably playing Thunderstone Quest or something. Who knows? But anyway, thanks for listening. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you back here on Monday with more news, reviews, first impressions, and everything else you've come to enjoy, hopefully, from Board Games Daily. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. Board Games Daily is powered by TheologyofGames.com. Don't forget to head over to TheologyofGames.com to check out all we have to offer, including written reviews, our YouTube channel, and two other podcasts. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you're listening. Thanks for listening, and go put a game on the table.